Well, get your Bibles out and go to Ephesians chapter 1 again. And so for the very next few weeks, we're going to talk about prayer again. And I'm going, I have a mandate from God to teach you to pray and get your prayers answered. It's not enough to have a belief in prayer. I believe in prayer. That's one thing. I appreciate you have a belief in prayer. It's one, it's, an, it's one thing to believe in prayer. It's another thing to actually get your prayers answered. And the devil is constantly telling you that you've got to find somebody that can believe God for you. That's not true. You can believe God for yourself. And, and, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the time. It's going to take some time to do it. That's not, and I want to start off this, this evening by getting you to pray first. We're going to pray these prayers in Ephesians. We're going to, we're going to pray one of them tonight, and we're going, to, we're going to continue to have times of prayer on Wednesday night. So if you're in Ephesians chapter 1, I want you to follow me, and you're going to pray over yourself. Are you ready? It says, I do not cease to give thanks. Verse 16, 116, I'm sorry. I do not cease to give thanks making, come on, pray with me. I do not cease to give thanks, making mention in my prayers that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I may know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward me, a believer, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is his named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. Amen. Now, if you would learn to pray that prayer over yourself every day, then something would start happening to you. Now, remember something I said to you. Don't ever forget this. God cannot answer a prayer you're not asking. One more time. God cannot answer a prayer... You don't ask him. If you want it, ask him. He wants to give it to you. He, he gave you Jesus. You didn't even know you needed him. He gave you the Holy Ghost. He's given you he, heaven. Why would he not give you knowledge of what he did? But you have to ask him. There is a knowledge, and we're going to call this tonight two kinds of knowledge. There is a knowledge beyond what you learn with your five physical senses. Let me say that again. There's a knowledge in the earth beyond anything you can learn with your eyes, your ears, your smell, your taste, and your touch. There's a knowing. This is called revelation knowledge. You say, well, I've never had that. If you're born again, you have because you wouldn't even know, how would you know? And know that you know that you know that you know what Jesus did 2,000 years ago if God the Holy Ghost had not have showed you. You wouldn't have known it. 
So you're already walking in it. I'm just going to tell you there's a lot more of it. There's a lot of stuff God wants to show you. Faith comes on the wings of revelation knowledge. Whatever you're praying about that's not working, don't get frustrated. You just need God to reveal something to you that you as of now do not understand. There's a lot in the Bible you don't understand. Nobody in this room, nobody on this planet understands everything in the Bible. Don't you worry about where you are in your walk with God. If you're born again, you already understand more than 20%, 80% of the people on the earth. You're already outstripping everybody. Once you get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, you're already stripping 80% of all Christians. You're already way ahead of the rest of the world. But you're only getting started. There's so much. So my whole life changed Listen to what I'm about to say. Everything in my life changed the day I had a lady that went to Bible school pray these prayers over me and the Holy Ghost came in my house and started showing me stuff that I had been reading but never understood it. Now listen to me very carefully. You can go to Bible school and not understand the Bible. You have, you have a head knowledge of truth. Now, I'm not saying that to degrade the ones of us that have been to Bible school. Because I went to Bible school and I graduated with people who still don't know much. So don't think that sitting in a room and listening gives you everything. You have, you have a capacity for revelation knowledge. It does not mean you have revelation knowledge. All right, now look. I want you to look at something right here, and I want you to underline two words in your Bible because what I'm going to do is teach you in the next few weeks some of the most powerful stuff you've ever heard in your entire life. Are you ready for it? Okay, and I want tonight, I want to get into something tonight just on the edge of it to kind of whet your appetite and get you ready for next Wednesday, okay? Ephesians 1, verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That's that's revelation knowledge. That is light hitting your spirit mind. You think you're a spirit being. When you die and you step out of your body, your brain is going to stay in your body. And you're still going to be able to think, reason, talk, and carry on a conversation. As a matter of fact, you will know more at that moment than you do now. Now, I was watching a thing on 700 Club about a girl who committed suicide, died, went to hell. And God raised her from the dead. She came back. She said while she was down in hell, she was only there for a few minutes, somebody started praying for her. She came back in her body and whole nine yards, blah, 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 blah. It's a crazy story. But she said while she was down in hell, she knew everything about everybody around her. She said, I knew who that woman was, why she's here, where she lived, everything. You're a spirit. You are a spirit. Your spirit man knows stuff. Your head don't know. What we're going to talk about is how to get that now. 
instead of waiting until you die. I've, I've had this happen to me not as much as I want to, but it happens to me a lot. I will just walk by somebody and I'll know they're having a good day, bad day, uh, whatever. I don't always know details. Mary Fran, she can tell you all kind of stuff. I was having coffee with her at Mount Dora one day. And I said, I said to her, I said, Mary Fran, I was um, talking to a minister the other day and we were talking about this. And she said, I know Tony Cook. I said, Mary Fran, that's gossip. We're not supposed to be mentioning names. She says, I know Tony Cook. I said, how can I have a conversation with you if you already know everything I'm going to say? I said, how often does this work? She said, all the time. I went, repent. <laughs> Father, get it under the blood before I get around to amen. What? <laughs> and she always talks to me about stuff. My prayer life, all kinds of stuff. She doesn't do it publicly, but you ought to hear my, us in the truck while I pick her up. I'm, I'm going to bring a tape recorder next time because she's always reading my mail. So I'm getting stuff out of the mailbox right now. Get it out of the mailbox, God. Don't show Mary Fred. <laughs> Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus and, 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 and with Mary Francis Royal, holy glory to God. All right, let's look at another one. Let's look at another one. Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I, I bow my knee to the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven are his name. We're going to pray this one next week and start learning to pray it, that he would grant to us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with mighty power in his spirit in our inner man, that Christ would dwell in our heart through faith, that we would be rooted and grounded in love and be able to comprehend, understand, understand the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ. You can have a knowledge of God. You can know him just like Jesus knew him. That's amazing. You're kind of wetting your appetite for, I think I want to know that. You know, sometimes your flesh goes, I don't want to know him. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because once you know him, you're like, you're nothing like I thought you were. I want to tell you something. He's a hunk of hunk of burning love. When I was in heaven and I was standing in the river, he is, he, the river is liquid love coming out of the throne room. He, his love is intense for people. Way more than you've ever imagined in your life. And the more you're in his presence, the more you understand that love, the more loving you and I become. I can't, okay. Now, he's talking about learning, getting an understanding. So go to Matthew 16 with me, please. Take notes if you need to, because you're going to want to keep this. You're going to want to know this. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He's asking a question because though he is man, he is also God. Now, I want you to think about this because it says in the book of Isaiah, he has no comeliness that we would desire him. There is nothing about the way he looks that would give you a awe. I'm going to say something else to you. He was not necessarily handsome. There was nothing about his demeanor that would cause you to notice him in a crowd. 
nothing. Jewish, just a Jewish guy. Now, you think about this pre-Christianity. It's very hard for you to do this because you're born again and you're looking backwards. But put yourself in these men's shoes. Here's a rabbi. They're accustomed to that. Coming along, it was common for rabbis to get people and to, and to teach them, and they were called disciples. And, and a disciple is a person who desires to, to know what the rabbi knows and to be like the rabbi. That was the whole point of having disciples. The Greek way of teaching is this. This is Greek. Um, Hebrew teaching is one-on-one. It's a, it's a mentorship program where you take the student, hold them by their hand, and walk through life with them. And that's what Jesus was doing. If he prayed for someone, he said, now you're next. You pray for him. What did I do wrong? Let me show you what you did wrong. He was teaching them by showing them how to do something, not just sitting. Okay. You've got to get this image. He's in their mind. There's nothing about him that would cause them to think, whoa, okay? So he asks a question. See, he knows who he is. Who do men say I am? And they said, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist has already had his head whacked off. I don't know how you could get that because he was, both of them were alive at the same time. Some you're Elijah. Others say that you're Jeremiah or maybe you're one of the prophets. And he said, who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. How did he know that? Holy Ghost. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, that means son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. What you know now, God showed you. You may think you learned it in church. Let me make a statement to you. Sitting in this church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, there are people who walk out and go, oh, that was good. And other people go, because it's the word of God, you are soil. The seed, nothing wrong with the word. If I just got up and read the Bible, God would use it. Okay? But it's really the person and, and you, that determines how much of that you are learning. Okay, I was going to say something. I better back off and not say that. Okay. All right. And he says, Simon of Arjona, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, my Father who's in heaven. So what happens is, and you, everybody in here has had this happen to you. I'm up here preaching. I say something. Next thing you know, you're going, Doogity, 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 doogity down a rabbit trail, and God is talking to you about something. And sometimes it has nothing to do with what I said. You're just in the presence of God. Write those things down. He's talking to you. And that's why God wants you in a church, because there's an atmosphere in here tonight where there's a lot of people pulling on the anointing, and it's, it's, it, you can get more revelation sitting in a church service then you can't. Sometimes I'm listening to a CD, like let's say Mark Hankins or something, and I'm listening to it for two minutes, and I got to stop because God starts talking to me about all kinds of stuff, and I'm going, "Oh, hold it, God!" And I'm getting all this information, and all it was was Mark said just one thing, and bam, I'm off. 
It, God is in your spirit, man. So you, you need to learn to tap into that. And, and early in the morning when you wake up, because your, your mind is not on anything, it's really easy to hear what God is saying. And sometimes there's a gentle, like rain falling, a gentle voice saying, don't you worry about it. Cast your cares on me. Just give me all your cares. Just cast your cares. And, and hold on to that because he's given you a word for the day to guide you through the day, okay? So, so, so God does talk to us, and he gives us knowledge beyond your intellect, beyond your ability to study it. We should study, but that alone does not make you wise. Okay, look at 18. I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Have you, now, I want you to notice something here. The moment Peter knew who Jesus was, Jesus told Peter who he was. Amen. The day I found out who Jesus was, was the day I found out I was called. And have the knowledge. Whenever you see Jesus and you hear from God, there's always not a, there's an exchange of information that goes on here. He will always show you something about you. When you met him, you found out who you were. And very often, people run around and say, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Can I say something to you kindly? Yes, you do. You know. You just got to get quiet. Get quiet. Now, Now, don't think he's going to give you 10 things. He doesn't. He never does. He'll give you one. And you ask him about number two, he ain't talking to you. You're going to do number one, and then he'll talk to you about number two. And I know a guy one time says, the Lord showed me this, 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 and this, and this. And I said, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Here, God will require you to walk by faith. He'll tell you one thing, and you say, what else? He goes, that's enough. He's a good daddy. Clean your room. What else? Clean your room. Where are we going today? Clean your room. Don't worry about the rest of the day. Just go clean your room. After you get through cleaning your room, we'll talk about anything else. Okay? That's just the way God is. Now, you'll always walk by faith, and I know that bothers you. I want to know. Now, let's talk about the future for a minute. All the people prophesying, they don't know. They're selling a lot of books and tapes, but they don't know. Because nobody, God never told them. The Bible is not written to show you the future. It was to show you that God is God when it happens. Now, can I prove something to you? All of the prophecy teachers, every one of them, were talking about Europe. Not one of them was talking about ISIS, Syria, nothing because they didn't know and they kept talking about european union european union european union and then bam something happened in the middle east and now they're starting to talk about it. when did they learn it after it happened and then they speculated and sold a lot of cds to y'all i want to know what's going to happen well i'll tell you what's going to happen you're going to wake up tomorrow morning you're going to walk with god and you're going to pray, and you're going to live for Jesus, and then one day he's going to come get you, or you're going to die, and you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to go, 
That was wonderful. That was awesome. And what you're going to be doing next year, you don't know. You know, I never heard of a paca. When I was in Bible school, I prayed and prayed and prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Go to school. When I got out of school, what do you want me to do? Go to Orlando, be a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor. What do you want me to do now? Get married. Get married. Got married. After I got married, what do you want me to do? I mean, I, I never knew I was coming here. And I don't know a lot of people go, Ah, oh, the Lord has showed me. Ah, oh, you've been eating pepperoni pizza or something. You don't know. Because God will always require you to walk by faith. And if you don't pray in the Spirit, you may, you may go through life flopping around. I did it. When you're miserable, you're out of the will of God. I know that because I've been miserable. Not wanting to do what he told me to do because I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought I had a better idea. So my years of laying block, I kept praying about the will of God for him to show me, but he wouldn't show me. And it really aggravated me. Finally, I said one day, show me. He said, are you going to do what I say? Show me. Are you going to do what I say? Show me. Have you all ever heard of checkmate? Finally, he said, say, I will do what you say first. Okay, now I'll show you. Take that church. I don't want to do that. <laughs> because it wasn't what I thought. You don't know what you like. Okay. Matthew. No, we're in Matthew. Luke 24. Y'all ready for another one? Come on, I love this. I love this about God. Luke 24, verse 3. Now, this is an awesome, awesome story. Let's go to verse 1. Now, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, there were certain women came to the tomb and brought spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and they went in, and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. Did he tell them he was going to rise from the dead? Did they understand it? Not a drop. That behold, two men stood by in shining garments, and when they were, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here but risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? said, the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands. I told you, he told you, he told you, he told you, he told you. That doesn't mean you got it. Just because he tells you things now still doesn't mean you get it. Don't beat yourself up. There's not a person in this room that understands everything from God the first time you hear it. Let's go back to Father Abraham, wonderful Father Abraham. God said, leave Ur of the Chaldees. He took his father and then lot with him. That's not what God said. So he gets someplace and he has to wait till his dad dies. Then he takes Lot with him. God didn't tell him to take Lot with him. Finally he obeyed God and took Lot. Him and Lot had a fallen out. Lot went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. His wife turned into Morton. Anyway, so we know the story. God finally got him doing what he said. You're going to have a son. He grabs his, his maid and says, let's try it because, you know, we don't, you know. And he's constantly messing it up. And he's the father of our faith. 
and he's just like you and me. If you don't know, I want to I say something kind to all the critics. You're as ignorant as the people you criticize. You, you do stupid stuff just like everybody else. There's nobody in here that has this. There is God and there's you, and they're not the same. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. You, you know one of the things that we, God puts us in a church is so everybody can see how you do stupid stuff. Because he wants you to feel comfortable in the world. He goes, well, everybody in here is crazy. Join us. <laughs> yeah, there's no sense in going through life and pretending like you got it together. You do not. But God is bigger than dumb and goofy stuff, isn't he? So we're always doing stuff like Abraham and Peter and David, and come on, don't shut me down. And then there's still God. That's why we're still doing well, because we go to God and go, can we do communion again today, God? I <laughs> another dose of the ghost right here. Okay, so, so I knew that, that's, that's not even in my notes. Okay, where do we stop? Seven. And they remembered his words, and they returned from the tomb and told all these things to seven and all the, all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the wife of women, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words seemed to them idle tales, and they did not believe them. These are the men who walked with Jesus. All right, let's talk about this a minute. There are things you hear preached, and you go, what? I don't believe that. That's crazy. And a year later, you're going, that's awesome. <laughs> Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Okay. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, he, he departed and marveled to himself at what had happened. He's marveling. That means he's like, what just happened here? Now, behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus. Are they obeying God? No. They're leaving Jerusalem. Jesus already told them before not to do this, but they're leaving. They're giving up because they think this whole Jesus thing was a failure. All right. They talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Don't think he hadn't walked with you, honey. But their eyes were restrained and they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you're having with one another as you walk and are sad? That's a sign you're not hearing God. Sadness. And one whose name was Cleopas said to him, I think that's how you say it, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? My God, buddy, where have you been? Have you not known the things that have been happening here? He's the one that didn't know what was happening. And he said, what things? And they said, you know, concerning this guy named Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. 
No, no, no. God in the flesh. Mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. And we were hoping, we were so hoping, we were just a wishing and a hoping. They're having a real bad day. Sounds a little bit like Christians, I know. Okay. We were hoping it was him that was going to redeem Israel. Now, they, they thought that Jesus was going to physically come in and start a rebellion against Rome. I don't know if you all know that. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since this happened. Certain women in our company who arrived at the tomb astonished us. You are not going to believe what they said. They said he's alive. Really? When they did not find his body, they came and said they had a vision of angels and said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us to the tomb found it just as the woman said, but to him, we didn't see him. Do these guys know who he is? Absolutely clueless to what just happened. Just because you walked with Jesus physically does not mean you know who he was. It would be better if you had never seen him with your eyes and yet you know him. It's better to live now than then. I wish I was alive when Jesus was. He's not dead. Because people want to see him with your natural eyes. That would do you no good. There is nothing about seeing him with ease that would add to your faith. I just want to see a miracle. Well, look in the mirror. Because you got born again, and that's a miracle. Come on, this is good preaching. Now, y'all don't give up on me. I'm still, I'm still work. God's still working on me. All right, where was we? 23. All right. And he said, now I can't believe he said this because he was totally out of love. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe and all the prophets have spoken. He's rebuking them. And I know that's not scriptural. <laughs> There's a time God will rebuke you. Ought not the Christ have suffered these things to enter his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded. What's he doing? He's showing them. Now he's using the word, but he's giving them revelation knowledge. To them, the, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And when they drew near the village... Where they were going, he indicated he would have gone further because if you don't want to be around him, he'll walk off. Treat him lightly and he'll walk. Let's talk about this a minute. I say what I'm going to say with all the grace in my heart. If you treat the things of God lightly, the things of God will treat you lightly. You cannot play, you cannot come to church and have a casual attitude toward God and walk in revelation knowledge, you cannot do it. It will not work for you. 
When the Bible says draw nigh to God and press forward, God, God wants to see a certain amount of you turning your eyes. Remember Moses? It says he turned aside to see the bush burning. When you see God, you need to turn aside and turn the world off a little bit and go listen to him. Casual Christianity will not work. A lot of people are wanting to be healed and walk with God, and they're casual. That's okay for genes. Genes can be holy. If I'd have known that, I'd have saved all my genes when I was a kid. I'd be a millionaire. I threw them all away, threw all my money away. But they constrained him, and they said, now I'm going to show you why they did that in a minute. Abide with us. It is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them, and it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. When did that happen? When they had a desire to be with him. Something happened in their heart, and they went, it's Jesus. The same thing happened to you. There was a time in your life where you'd been in church all your life, and then one day, your heart turned to God, and boom, you knew him. You saw him. And you prayed a prayer, and he came in your heart, and came in your life, and he has never left you. Now, the, the struggles you're having is your own soul, because you're a perfect person. You're a new creation. Okay, so I want you to see what happened to him. Now, let's, let me, let's, let's finish this because he's fixing to give us something very powerful. And they said to one another, listen, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? I love that about the Holy Ghost. Now, we're going to talk in a minute about the fact that Jesus could only be in one place at one time. And remember he said, it's expedient, I leave. I'm sending the Holy Ghost. The reason that's good is because now I can hear him at my house and you can hear him at yours. He, he now can talk to all of us at the same time. That's why we can all walk with him Whereas he was limited in his ability when he walked in the flesh. But now he's unlimited in ability. Now, I'm going to start a series on Sunday morning called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. When Mary Fran's gone. And we're going to spend a whole month talking about walking, getting to know the person called the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going to be fun. We're going to have such a good time. We're going to have some Holy Ghost meetings, and just, we're just going to have a good time in here. We're going to, we, I've been preaching to y'all on living right, and some of y'all are starting to look sad. I got to get you out of there and get you back. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. So they rose that very hour, and notice they went back to Jerusalem. The moment you hear from him, you're going to go, you're going to immediately get right back into the perfect will of God. Now, listen to me what I'm about to say. Without revelation knowledge, you will flop like a fish on the bank out of water all your life. Now, listen to, just listen to me carefully. 
I am not um, an elitist. I don't think I'm smarter than everyone. I don't think that we're better than everyone. Because all the people who do not have the Holy Ghost could. But we do have an advantage over denominational Christians. Yes, we do. But we chose to draw near to God. Do you understand? We're, I don't think Jesus loves people no matter where they are as much as he does me. I'm not better than anyone else. But I have availed myself to something that other people have not availed themselves to. And I'm wanting you to avail yourself to that. So when I speak of us and they, it is not a condescending we're Holy Ghost people. That's not my attitude. Thank God we're Holy Ghost people. And if God gave us the Holy Ghost, let's help as many people as we can because he's the one who taught us what we know. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't, I don't ever want you to walk away and think, boy, he thinks he's something. I really don't. Other than God thinks I'm something, and I found out about it. They returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 who were with them together, saying, The Lord is, has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that happened on the road and how he was known to them in breaking bread. They're off sharing what Jesus said and did. When the, there's something about, boy, I got to say this, and I got to say this right. Even though I will take a Bible and show you right from wrong, that in itself will never make you a good Christian. Right and wrong has to be a hard issue with you. Because where I am and where Zach is is two totally different things. I cannot tell Zach what God is saying to me. Because Zach, that may, God may be blessing him and he's doing stupid stuff. And I may be doing the same stupid stuff, and God's going, you better quit it. And, he's and, he's, and I'm going, well, Zach's getting away with it. Well, that's none of your business. Yep. Thank you. Do you understand that? So, every, so there's, a, there's a side to our living for God that we need to understand. We're not under law in the sense, but, but God is going to lead you and show you. So, and he will never lay more on you than you can handle. So he'll constantly be sharing stuff and help you with this area and help you with that area and help you with that area. But you don't have to get in condemnation because you're not where everyone else is. That's, you can walk with God now. And he's requiring out of you what you know, not what you don't know. Boy, that's good preaching. Amen. All right, now let's go to another one. Okay. 1 Corinthians 2. Are you ready? Is this exciting? Say yes. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. Here, <laughs> I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. My speech, my preaching, they were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, let's stop here for a minute. 
watch out that you're going to church to hear the latest cool thing. Don't do that. That's not what church is about. I can hear a message. I'm going to share something with you out of my life. I found out the hard way that just because I got victory over an attitude last year does not mean I have victory over that right now. How many of you have ever found yourself doing stuff and going, I can't believe I did that. I know better than that. Well, because you're constant, you know, you got, you got to eat some of the same scriptures this week you had last week because that scripture has gone. You thought, I know that scripture. No, no, no. You're not, it's not, you're not knowing it. You're eating it. You're feeding on it. And you will never get to the place where you don't need to hear faith. You know, I heard about faith. I know all about faith. No, listen to me, you, you, you goofy thing. You, you, need, you need a sermon on faith every once in a while because you're going, I know that, but we forgot it. When's the last time you heard it? Last month. Okay. Are y'all getting this? It's not about some preacher tickling your ears with the latest, deepest thing you never heard before. That's why I'll come in and say, open your Bibles to Mark eleven twenty three, and they go, again? <laughs> I mean, my God, you preach that every six months for 30 years. Yeah. You know what I had for breakfast this morning? Eggs, bacon, coffee. You know what I had yesterday? Omelet, sausage, tomatoes, cheese. Spinach, eggs, coffee. You know what I'm having tomorrow? Eggs. <laughs> now, I will have oatmeal, and Lisa makes the best buckwheat pancakes. They're healthy. And I roll, I take butter and put on them, and roll up blueberries, not margarine. Roll up blueberries and make a burrito out of that thing. You're talking about the best pancake, and it's healthy because I grind the buckwheat fresh. Don't eat too many. I will say no more. You know, last Wednesday I thought, Lord, I didn't say that, did I? He said, yeah, you did. I said, oh, I repent. <laughs> I sometimes shock myself. Okay, let's go back to this. Verse 6. However, we speak a wisdom. Now, we're talking about us. Now, listen to us as we talk about this. Because this is, this is something only tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy rollers can say. We speak a wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory. Do you understand that when you walk up to someone and say, wasn't the anointing strong this morning and the glory rolled in? Do you understand the people you're talking to have no idea what you just said? <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a building one day. I was working with Tom downtown Winter Park. And Tom and I were talking. We weren't talking to the woman. And I said, you know what the Lord showed me this morning, Tom? And this lady was sitting there. And she got a scowl like Carilla DeVille. And I'm talking, and I'm not paying any attention to her. 
and I'm just, Tom is my pastor, and I'm the youth pastor, and we work in the same building. And she comes up, and she said, did I hear you right? Yeah. I said, I guess. What, did I say something wrong? She said, are you, tra- are you trying to in- in- insinuate that God, God talks to you? And I said, yeah. She said, how dare you? I said, I'm his son. Oh! Like Jesus? I said, yes. Oh! Oh! Oh, yeah, I was killing her. She came back in, and a minute later, she's, she's, she is fired up. I had no idea I was wrecking her life. But that is real weird. You don't realize how weird you are to people. I'm having lunch one day with a businessman in town, and he goes, what is it with you? I said, I don't know. What do you mean? What is it? Well, it's like, it's like you're not like everybody else I know. And I went, I said, you know what it is? He goes, no, what is it? I said, God's in me. He goes, what? God is in you. I mean, that would have y'all ever. Now, we say that in here, and that don't, that don't mean anything. But you ever notice, you ever think about what a sinner's thinking when you go, oh, I got God in me? God, oh, yeah. Up there. Yeah. Right. You know, people holler at God. Oh, God. He's a long ways away. I go, oh, God. Because he's inside. Never mind. Then why do we pray loud? It's not for God, it's for you. You're not praying out loud for God. But you are pressing. Okay. And you've got to learn to press. Okay. Okay, that's for your benefit. Okay, okay. Let's go back. This is good, isn't it? Okay, I'm glad you all are enjoying it. I'm having a ball teaching this to you. And when I started learning this stuff, it just, just lit my fire. All right. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age had known it, or they would never have crucified the Lord of glory, if they'd known who he was. But as it's written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for him. Now, how many people do you know that read that? Why, you never know what God will do. Well, don't quote a half of Scripture to me. But God has revealed them to me through his spirit. I can know God. I can know what he's thinking. I can know what he wants. I can understand my Bible. Right? So can you. Now, I'm going to say something to you right now, and I want you to listen to me with a really strong heart. One day, I'm driving down this road, coming to church. And the Lord says to me, he said, you're no different than a Catholic. Now, if you're a Catholic, God loves Catholics. But when God said that to me, he was, he was talking to me. Because we all know, not all, but, but the Catholic doctrine 
is you got to get a hold of a saint to get a hold of Mary, to get a hold of Jesus, to get a hold of God. And I didn't make up that doctrine. They did. And so when the Lord said that to me, that was very offensive for God to call me a Catholic. I'm not a Catholic. I, I mean, I got really mad at God. I don't know what side of the bed you got up on this one. But I'm just minding my own business, and I'm riding down the road, and you call me a Catholic. And I'm like, excuse me. And then I said to God, I don't believe that I got to talk to a saint to talk to Mary, to talk to Jesus, to talk to God. He said, no, but you teach them they got to get a hold of you to get a hold of me. And I went, well, excuse me. He said, turn them loose. I want my kids to have a relationship with me, not through you. Now, let me tell you where it came from. For years, we had people come into our churches. Come up here and let me pray for you. If they could get a hold of me, they could get healed. Now, that's fine when you're a baby. But there comes a day in your life where God wants to wean you from the preacher. That's not my job. I'm not a go-between between you and God. Now, I'm still your pastor, and that's an office I still hold that God is going to say things to me. And if you want to know them, you're going to come to church or he won't talk to you. Now, that may upset you, but that's why he put men and women of God in the body. There are men God put me around, and when I want to learn something, I will learn it from them. And then there's things he talks to me about. He talks to me about this church. He never talks to me about someone else's church. And he doesn't talk to you about my job either, even though you think he does. That's called the devil. That was not Jesus. It's called mind your own business. I asked the Lord one time, honest to God, I did this. I was driving down the road and I asked him about another minister. And he said to me, that is no concern of yours. I mean, he didn't say it nice either. None of your business. And I went, yes, sir. And I have never asked him about another preacher since because it's still none of my business. None of yours either. You just take care of yourself. All right, that's a station identification. All right. Y'all get anything? All right. No man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man in him. Even so... No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Listen to that. Nobody, 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 no human on the earth would ever know anything about God except the Holy Ghost. Nobody. Only who he shows him. Now, we have received not the things of the world, but the Spirit who's from God. And I put the word so, so that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. The only way you'll ever know Anything in your Bible is if the Holy Ghost shows you. Now, take that for a minute. Now, there are times he talks to us and there's times he doesn't. It's up to you 
to turn aside and draw near to God. All right. We'll get into that a little bit more. But these things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, nor can he even know them. They're only spiritually discerned. All right. Now, when, when you pastor a church, and we, we're a charismatic church, we are, we are tongue-talking devil chasing holy rollers. That's what we are. And when you bring your relatives, and we get up here and go, oh, someone takes off running, they will go home and say, I don't see the need in that. And you go, what? Why does he need to talk in a language he doesn't understand? I didn't know what he said. What are they saying? They're talking about their natural mind. God makes no sense. Do you understand God is bigger than your brain? At least by 50%. 50 billion percent. How many stars have you made lately? You know, aren't we funny? We're going to take this Texas Instrument computer and we're going to rationalize God in it. Come on, y'all. That's what happens because we say something and go, I don't make no sense. Let me give y'all one. And this happens in this church right here. I will say something like, we need to shout. And you'll go, I don't see any reason for that. Let me ask you a question. You super intelligent thing. Why did Jesus send a blind man to a pool to be healed? Why didn't he just say, well, he just believed he received. Let me tell you something, numb nut. There are times when God will have you dance for your healing. And you sit there and go, I don't see the need for it. You can stay sick. Now, that may not make sense to your brain. I'm going to tell you something right now. I was in a meeting with Kenneth Hagin. Y'all remember the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits? Y'all ever read the book? Have you ever read the story about Brother Hagin pointing to the man in the audience and said, dance? That was me. Lisa, was that me? Say it louder. It was me. I was the guy in the book. Come on. I'm a celebrity. I was up there going, God, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to do that. And Brother Hagin pointed me out. How many? There's 10,000 people in this audience. He points at me, and I, I can't do it. You can't do it. Without the Holy Ghost. But, you, but, I mean, your feet are going like a chicken with your head cut off. Man, you are. And I walked back to my seat after that, and I said, God, what is that for? He said to me, it, it breaks poverty. Amen. Now, I know that you're smarter than that. Or are you? Smith Wigglesworth said every morning he danced before the Lord. I know he didn't know anything. After that, Kenneth Hagin was telling a story 
about a preacher who every time he had a financial problem, the Lord said, dance the money in. Now, listen, just listen to me. Listen to me. Just, just do yourself a favor. Calm your head down a little while. And if, you are, if, if you're embarrassed, that might be why God wants you to do that. Have you ever thought about how stupid tongues really sounds? I mean, when's the last time you were in a crowd and God said, pray, and you went, shut up. What's the problem, ladies and gentlemen? On the day of Pentecost, he blew the doors open so everybody could hear them. He... The Holy Ghost is not ashamed of tongues. Come on, y'all. Y'all never knew Michael Jackson either, did you? Okay. That's called a camel walk. Okay. That's as far as we're going to get tonight. Now look at this, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord... Now listen to this. Who has known the mind of the Lord? You never know what God will do. You just never knew. You know that song, Who can tell what God will do? I changed the words. That's all unbelief. I said, I can tell what God will do because he said in his word what he'd do for you. I always know. And you know what? Say this to your friends one day if you want to just make them mad. I always know what God will do. I mean, you want to get a conversation started with a, that'll really get one going. But don't do it unless you just want to make somebody mad. Don't do that. Now look at the rest of this and let's close with this. But we have what? Come on. I want you all to do something. Next time you lose your car keys, use your faith and say, I have them in the name of Jesus. And find out how fast the Holy Ghost will show you where they are. Now, I don't have time to do it tonight because I've got to wait till next Wednesday night. But I'm going to tell you next Wednesday night, the day that God came in my apartment from 10 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and his glory filled my whole house up, and I had an audible conversation with God for four straight hours about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I had been studying salvation, and I knew no more at the end of one year than I knew the day I started studying. And one afternoon, when God walked in my apartment, I understood every bit of it in in one day. It lit my world. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons I hooked up with Mark Hankins, he was one of the few people that was preaching what the Lord showed me. And I found out John G. Lake preached it, Smith Wigglesworth preached it, every man of God, um, Andrew Womack started preaching it. And when he started preaching it, it I'm going to tell you this right now, it, it didn't go over very well. And it, he named his book different than, than mine. Uh, you've already got it and the war is over. All of that came from revelation of the Holy Ghost because he wasn't but old Baptist. He, he got that from God, and his church didn't think highly of it when he got it. And they don't think highly of it now. 
Are you all out there? Did you go home? When you want to walk with God, you're going to have to learn how to walk in revelation knowledge. Now, I'm not going to leave you hanging. The prayer that we prayed at the beginning of the night is the very first thing you need to start doing. Pray that prayer. Now, listen, that's not the prayer of faith. You're going to pray that prayer over and over and over and over again. Now, don't get into there's only one kind of prayer in the prayer of faith. There's way more than those. That's a repetition prayer for your soul. And you need to pray. Brother Hagin told Mark Hankins, if you'll pray it every day for six months, it'll change your life. Mark Hankins says, I prayed it no less than twice a day for six straight months, and God changed my whole world. There is so much in your Bible you do not know, okay? And even things that you've heard preached, but they're still not real to you yet because you need revelation knowledge. And when you get it, faith is easy. Now, I'm going to ask you all to do one thing. When I get through preaching, don't clap. There's something God got on to me about. Don't give me glory. You sit here and you give God glory. Heavenly Father, I want to give you thanks tonight because the Word of God is so rich and it's so powerful. I didn't come up with any of this on my own. I learned everything I said tonight from you. And there's still so much I want to know. But Father, I'm praying over us tonight as we walk out of this building That this year, we're going to learn to pray. We're going to learn to walk in a revelation of the Word of God. And we're going to have times where the Holy Spirit sits with us just like Jesus on the road to Emmaus where he unravels truth to our heart. And I'm asking that everybody in this room and those listening by Internet, that they would take heed to this and hear what it is the Spirit is saying to the churches. Not necessarily the preachers, but what is the Spirit saying? What's the Spirit saying to us in this church? What's He saying to us individually? We want to know that, Father. And I thank you right now for revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say, I will. Start praying those prayers. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.